We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 37, and for the first time in Garage Beer Podcast history, we have got two special guests. First, we're going to be joined by former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL football player, Anthony Schlegel. He's going to talk to us about the Buckeyes this year, and we're going to talk to him about a little bit about his time with the Ohio State Buckeyes, and then from Channel 5 here in Cleveland, we've got Cameron Justice. She played the, the schedule game with us before the Brown season. We're going to check in, update our predictions for the rest of the year. That plus Garage Beers of the Week and so much more. So come on up the driveway, pull up your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. All right, and welcome, everybody, to episode 37 of the Garage Beers podcast. Michael Keefe here. You can find me at uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Garage Beers Mike. You can also uh, find me on Facebook. Find the show on Facebook at the Garage Beers podcast, and find the show on Twitter and Instagram at the Garage Beers. As always, I am joined by my dudes, uh, the greatest Garage Beers hosts you could you could ask for, we got over on the east side of Cleveland. Find him online at Garage Beers. Chad, Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Hi. Hi. Guys, Maxion is back. <laughs> I'm like, I've got like a full night of mediocre football ahead of me. <laughs> Wednesday nights. Like, oh. Wednesdays, Tuesday nights are never going to be the same. They're not. <laughs> OU and Central Michigan are locked oh, in, a tie, in a tied ball game right now. 27-27. You've got Northern Illinois and Buffalo on the other side. Oh, my God. There's just so much action going you on. Okay? You know what? Honestly, with, with, with the pivotal times that we are in right now, there's a lot of things that could let you down, but Maxion will never let you down. Maxion's here for you. I'm just... Well said. It, it really is. It really is. <laughs> All right, so Chad's over there just getting his matching on. And down there in Nashville, Tennessee, we got Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's going on, Joe? That's nice. Uh, I'm I'm good. I, I'm in a bourbon mood. Uh, do you, mm. you guys watch Borat, mm. the new Borat? I haven't seen the new Borat. My, right I, now. I, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the new one. No. I haven't seen the first one. The new one's phenomenal. What? It's It's... Yeah, I well, like I think I've seen it. I don't know. I just don't like remember it that well. New one's phenomenal. It's 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 
the most insane if you're just like non-politically looking at the movie and you're looking at like the content of the humor and like the thought that had to go into pulling off like these stunts and these like interactions that he has it's mind-blowing like the dude's got balls um but anyways i've been in a bird mood this week i'm excited to share my uh bourbon beer of the week um which isn't a bourbon beer it's actually just bourbon but uh yeah i'm doing good (laughs) well let's just get right to that then uh joe just an easy transition let's get into our favorite segment of the week before we get into uh two really great special guests on the podcast let's get into our favorite segment of the week it's our garage beers of the week and joe you're on a bourbon kick so i know you're not drinking Mm -hmm. a garage beer but let's just start it off with you what's the garage bourbon of the week yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the best parts of living in Tennessee is the access to the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Like, it's very, very short drive from where I live. <clears throat> and, uh, like, last year, I think I probably went to probably, like, seven different distilleries. I went to Jim Beam three different times just because it's right by Louisville, and we would just go there, like, on the way up. But uh, one of uh, Jim Beam's newest bourbons is called Legion. And it's this collaboration that uh, their head distiller uh, made with this guy named Shinji Fukumo. What? I think really? that's how you pronounce it. No, I'm God serious. F-U-K-U-Y-O. Oh, fuck uh, you, but oh, he's Kasuke, from... Kasuke Fukudomi? <laughs> yes. Uh, he's from the founding house of Japanese whiskey. What? Um, which sounds pretty cool. And this, this bourbon is delicious. It's so good. Like... You do the little, uh, like the bourbon taste. You like live with it for a little while. You do like the the sniff with your mouth open, so you get the aromas. The and little Kentucky the, chew. The, oh. the Kentucky chew. Yeah, you just take a little sip and you chew it around. And um, yeah, it's like bourbon's like tea with me. Like I will go like super heavy into bourbon for a couple months, same with tea, and then just like completely abandon it and go back to regular beer and coffee. Um, that's where I'm at now. Because why not? Okay. I don't that's know. A it's a weird week. Joe's going in on the bourbon. Love that. Uh, we're okay with that. Again, garage beers don't have to be beers. They can be garage. We've had garage tequilas. We've had uh, right. we've had garage whiskeys. We're good with all that. So we got a garage bourbon of the week. Yeah. Chad, what's your garage beer this week? Yeah, we definitely don't discriminate here on the Garage Beers podcast. Absolutely not. Okay. Okay, I went back to Southern Tier this week, fellas. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm drinking the eight days a week in – Infinitely drinkable Blondale. Hmm. Oh, that's hmm. a good one. Infinitely drinkable Blondale. It's delicious. It's a nice smooth beer. Uh, not really much to it. Uh, you know, uh, I I find Blondales and like, like I don't know, kind of like in the same realm as like the Miller Lights and Bud Lights. They all kind of just taste the same. It's it's really good. It's a nice, just smooth beer. Could you I drink, like it. I recommend it for any. Could you drink infinity of them? Um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like if you're like if you're asking me like like just just drink this beer for the rest of my life i totally could go on then. totes could wow that could be like my uncle greg my uncle greg drinks nothing but beer and water that's it old greg oh, oh, oh. Hello. you ever been to a pot you ever been to a party where people wee on each other <laughs> you ever drink bailey's out of a shoe Oh, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chad's going back to Southern Tier for, well, I don't know, we've had them on multiple times, but it's cool. We like them. I'm going to take it over to Single Cut Brewery, which I feel like Single Cut 
is the most accessible beer in Cleveland. I feel like everywhere I go sells single cut brewery all over the place. Single cut beer smiths. Sorry. So they're from Astoria, New York. They're a New York beer. And I feel like you can find them anywhere, but I love anytime there's a double dry hopped IPA. I love the double dry hopped IPA. So I found one from them. It's a double dry hopped uh, IPA called the bright and hollow sky. And it's great. It just is uh I don't know what it is about those double dry hop beers that just, uh, I feel like it gives it a little heavier flavor for an IPA, which I like. Uh, it's a little heavier of a beer, which I like. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really into it. So single cut brewery, the bright and hollow sky, double dry hopped IPA. It's really good. So, so we got, All right. we got a garage All right. bourbon. We got a couple garage beers. Uh, you guys, uh, for your garage drinks, to you listeners out there, we say cheers. And uh, yeah, and now we're excited. Now it's time to get in to what promises to be uh, just an awesome podcast. Joined by our special guest, one of two special guests on this week's episode. We're going to talk a little bit of Buckeyes. And to do that, we have a former Ohio State Buckeye, played a couple seasons at linebacker for the Buckeyes. He was a tackling machine down there in the horseshoe uh, and played a couple seasons in the NFL with the Jets and the Bengals as well. If you want to hear him now, you can catch him on Morning Juice on the Fan in Columbus. We are super excited to be joined by Anthony Schlegel. Anthony, welcome to the Garage Beers Podcast. Hey, Michael Chow. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, go man. Bucks. Let's do it. Go Bucks. Uh, yeah, go Bucks. 2-0 and on the season. Uh, you know, it's, it, they're kind of funny, and, and we're going to get into the Bucks. Uh, but before we start with the Bucks, I want to start with you for a second. Okay. I got a question for you. Yeah, hit me. Your best hit of all time. Yeah. Was it when you were in pads? And playing for the Buckeyes? <laughs> or was it when you were coaching for the Buckeyes and a fan ran onto the field and you, uh, in your own words, attack and dominate, you attacked and dominated that fan to the ground? Which, what's your biggest hit ever? Uh, biggest hit ever was probably uh, with the Jets when I was uh, that guy. You know, he got jacked up when I came down to kickoff and blew up a dude or, or probably – hitting Michael Hart, who rushed for all of 11 yards in 2005, that team at Bullet game. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, as far as views on YouTube. Yes. And I would have to say it was probably me um, escorting a fan off the field for trespassing, of which don't step on the field of Ohio Stadium unless you want to get hit. That's, that's part of the deal. Lesson learned by that guy. Were you just – like, were you licking your chops – were you oh, looking no. at chops when you saw that no. man coming? No, I, I no, not at all. All right, so so side story. Let's let's digress a little bit. Um, not all strength coaches want to do this. Like I, you know, at that time I was probably in my early thirties, like thirty four. I don't even know. Like I'm forty, almost forty. So yeah, thirty four <laughs> years old. I'm getting my MBA. So think about this. I'm going. I work eighty five hours a week as the associate director for football sports performance at Ohio State. I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting my MBA from the Fisher College of Business full-time. The last thing I want to do is tackle some random person on the field in a pair of khakis and, and uh, you know, tennis shoes, right? I mean, people don't think about it. Like, what happens if I go out there? Here it is, an NFL linebacker, former Buckeye linebacker, he gets juked out by a drunk dude in Sperry's. <laughs> and, and how it all happened was, I mean, I, I had the worst responsibility in all of college athletics, especially football, and I was a strength coach that was responsible for the special team substitutions. So think about how bad this operation is. I'm not in any of the meetings. I have no authority, 
whatsoever to any of the guys if they're not out there, except I'm the one whose face gets melted off by Urban Meyer and his piercing <laughs> eyes, right? As like, what are you doing if guys aren't on the field? So like, I'm paranoid about it. And then they give you like a play sheet the day of the game of all the depth chart of all the different units. Oh, by the way, they wanted to have 35 different pump blocks and they're all a different color. I mean, it's rainbow and then shades of whatever. I'm just like, why are we doing this? Like, I, I play in the NFL. Like, they don't even do this in the NFL. Like, why do you have to have this many packages for pump block? So I'm counting punt. You know, who's out there? I had three offensive guys. Second down. I'm counting them up. I know where they are. Defense is easy. They're not – they can be with their coaches or they're around there. I can grab them. No problem. The offensive guys coming on and off, that's the problem. So they were all out there. Fans starts running by. I look at Coach Mick. He looks at me. Person's getting closer. I see nobody doing anything. I look back at Coach Mick. He looks at me, but this time he gives me the eyebrows. Like, you know, like, what are you going to do about it? I was a state and national champion wrestler. Like, you don't have to – it doesn't take much to flip that switch and recall all my training my entire life, and you you just go out there. Like, that's what you do. You just do it. Right. That's what happened. Instincts kicked in. And then, I mean, I thought nothing about it. And then I'm, I'm walking back after the game and my wife's like blowing up my phone. I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? She's like, what did you do? I'm like, I don't know what I did. I just got done. We just beat, you know, Cincinnati. It was a snoozer, but then we took over late in the game. Like, no, no, no. You did something. I, I really didn't even remember what I did. You know, I didn't even think it was that out of the ordinary. I mean, if you watch wrestling, man, you, 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 the, the picture, you look like you rocked out yeah. on the guy. I mean, but I mean, how else can you slam somebody? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you yeah. know, without having the veins bulging out of your neck, like, how do you, how do you gently, you know, coax somebody? I, I just, it's not in my DNA. Did you even, did you feel right. it from the sideline, though? Because when you watch the video, first of all, congrats on not getting juked by the dude in the Sperry's. Uh, you still got it, still got yeah. it uh, back then. <laughs> But when you look at the video, the sideline just goes – there's, like, guys jumping around going ballistic on the sidelines. Like, do you take credit for juicing the players up in that oh, game? Well, yeah, side nugget. Side nugget. There was a player on the sideline that's probably in that video that I struggled with so much of getting him to strain while training. Yeah. After that moment, he was lights out. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in, coach. I'm all in. Exactly. I didn't know what a meme was. I didn't know what viral was. I thought it was something you get from your kids when they bring home a runny nose. Right? I had no clue what any of this stuff was. And then in 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 the team meeting, you know, I'm sitting in the back. I'm taking notes about the game, et cetera, et cetera. I'm thinking about the guys that I got to go train because it's a Sunday. And, and all of a sudden, like, they, they show the clip, and everybody just starts going crazy. In the, and then they start showing all the memes of me taking a dump, right, with the veins popping out of my neck or you know, <laughs> you know, rock-bottoming John Cena or whatever, right, like all these things that they had. And everybody was just erupting and laughing. And I got, you know, hit of the week, and I got a T-shirt. And, and it, you know, Urban was like, just, you know, don't do that again, but thank you. And uh, I got a letter from Gene, Gene Smith, like, hey, stay on the sidelines kind of deal. Whatever, you know. All gas, forget the brakes, man. I mean, it's just what we do. That's right. That's right. That's, right. That's right. All you gas, got, no I didn't breaks. do it for any type of recognition. I didn't have social media at the time. You know, it was – that wasn't in my radar. Like, you know, nobody's stopping this guy. He shouldn't be there. 
Get him off the field. Let's go. Let's go win a football game. Right. It's the old, it's the old football, like see ball, get ball mentality, right? Yeah. You, you saw fan, got fan. It's fine. Yeah, I, I did. I did get a standing O in my, uh, my MBA class the following the Monday. <laughs> and I walked in. It was like, yeah. <laughs> but then I actually texted my wife. I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it was 2014. You could get sued maybe. So I texted her. I was like, hey, why don't you call up our insurance uh, people and see if our umbrella policy is still good. And they actually recognized her name and why she was calling. And she was like, oh, Mr. Schlegel, are you talking about your husband's on-the-field activities? Said, yes. 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 She said yes. And they're like, oh, yeah, your umbrella policy is good. You're covered. I'm like, all right, that's great. Peace of mind. Amazing. Oh, all right. Amazing. Uh, all right. Now I can go rock bottom any fan I want. If they have a policy, it's all you have to have. Gas station ready. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the Buckeyes for a minute. They got, they're, off to a, they're off to a 2-0 and start. Uh, is there ever uh, – we were talking about this last week before as we were kind of previewing the game against Penn State. Uh, is there ever a better time to play Penn State at night in Happy Valley uh, than when they don't have any fans in the stands? Uh, yeah. Pretty good time. Coach Meyer talked about it. It's a it's a ten point you know add on for them. Yeah. Right. And we've seen the talent that we had. And that game that game was not as close as it appeared. No. Right. I mean, you yeah. get the you get the phantom. You know, one second BS. That was crazy. That was ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So oh, yeah. there's three points. You missed two chip shots inside twenty five yards. There's you know a nine point swing. So you give us those six. Take that off for them. We beat them by 19, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, actually, that would have been 22 points, you know. And, and they, they, they did everything they needed to do. I thought the defense looked really good. I thought, um, yeah, there's some issues in the secondary, and that's fine. It's only week two, but they had 50 yards rushing, right? You had Tommy Togia in two weeks in a row. You got Haskell Garrett, who's a defensive player of the game. You got Tommy Togia in, a, in an area in which that we thought was potentially a weakness. Right. Ohio State, right? Like, they're defensive right. players of the week. Like, boom, that's two thumbs up like the Fonz. And the linebackers made tackles and were very, very aggressive. That's fantastic. Like, that's what you want to see from a defensive side of the ball. And we got the running game going. And here's the deal. Like, Ohio State fans, it's going to look different this year. You don't have a guy like J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins who's going to rush for 2,000 yards. One, it's a shortened season. But two, it's getting in the flow. And you got two guys that are coming off of an injury. Right, Trey Sermon with a knee, yeah. and then Master T with a with a Achilles. Right, they're right. not going to be like the same type of guy. And then you got Nicholas Petit Ferreira and, and Harry Miller. That takes a little bit of time, like communicating, but also like feeling the flow because it's going to look different in practice. Right, like, that's what Nebraska did. They schemed some yeah. things, so it's not going to be perfect or ideal. But then you come out in the Nebraska game and outscore them thirty-five to three. Right, like boom, like yeah. that's a win. Right, in this game it was significantly better. So. You know, I was really excited for what they did at, you know, at Penn State versus a good Penn State football team. Yeah, they're down some guys. They're, they're down to their third string running back. But we knew you had to stop uh, Faramuth and you had to stop Clifford. Right. And they did that. Right. They did that. So. Mm-hmm. Now, how much – now, I asked this to Jay Richardson last week, uh, Anthony, is how much of that communication in the secondary – uh, is built during a full camp, and how much is it related to not having that full full camp off season camp with uh, with COVID and everything? Uh, I think I, not necessarily having the camp because they had the camp. I think for what okay. we're seeing now with Cameron Brown going down, it was a lack of spring ball for the development of the younger guys and the depth. Right, 
Then I think okay. it is the early season games that we didn't have. That that's mm-hmm. where that a lot of what you saw gets cleaned up, right? In those early yeah. games, okay. right? Confidence in what you do, confidence in how I play mm-hmm. man versus zone, right? In my and, okay. and so we lost that, especially when you play against Penn State. I forget the guy's name who absolutely went off to get three touchdowns, but good on good, you know, advantage offense, right? It's significantly more difficult to play defense, right? right. Covering guys. So those right. are the things that you get kind of cleaned up in the early games that we didn't have the luxury of having, right? So you kind of saw yeah. that this week. But the beauty is, is that you now, like, who do you have? You know, right. you have Rutgers, right. right? I mean, this week at prime time for some reason. Hey, they look better yeah. than they've looked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a question for you because you brought him up. You brought up Jahan Dotson, who had those three touchdowns. He yeah. went off in that game, made some of the greatest catches. Uh, I mean, he made great catches. I mean, competitive excellence, good on good. He made the play. Yeah, so – Right, yeah, and that's the thing. That, that's, all, that's one of those, what are you going to do about it? The kid made well, a play. As an Ohio State player, though, it's, it feels like – and as an Ohio State fan, it feels like you just get that week in and week out. You get players because, it, because it's Ohio State, because you get those guys, those true competitors like Jahan Dotson was last week, that plays up when you're going up against Ohio State. They, they circle that game on the calendar and know they have to do something big. How difficult is that? You know, you play. You played a couple of years for Ohio State. I'm sure you saw your fair share of these guys that just came out and and uh, put up their best efforts against the Buckeyes. Uh, you know, how difficult is that to compete with? Because he was uh, for a minute there, he was unstoppable. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not difficult because they've done such a great job at Ohio State of recruiting excellence, right? C- recruiting elite players. So when I'm going against, I mean, take that guy. All right, you want to compare him to Olave and Garrett Wilson and Williams and you know uh, Smith and Jigba and Scott and Fleming. Like, you want to take him over those guys? No, I'm I'm good with what we got. Right, <laughs> yeah. those guys going against RDBs is competitive excellence and just you know when called upon you have to respond and and Sean Wade just didn't make the play in those situations and it kind of you know looked bad on him. But it's something that he could get you know, he can recover from because one, it's early in the season. Two, it's only the second game of the year. And three, you got a great coach in Kerry Combs to coach him up. You know, and again, right. he's transitioning from inside corner, right, that slot corner, nickel back type guy, to a standalone outside corner. Yeah, you're going to have some of those hiccups and you didn't get any of the games that he would have gotten to be having confidence in playing an outside corner position. So I'm good. I think they're going to be good. The thing is now with, you know, Cameron Brown going down, it's like, you really got to do a great job of, you know, developing everybody, making sure everybody's game ready, but also battling COVID and right. the discipline and sacrifice and mindset that is required to go out there. And you never know what it's going to be called. Look at Justin Hillier and the stupid rule. You get a false positive, right. you get tested negative, you can travel with the team, but you can't play. Yeah, that makes no sense. That's garbage. That's stupid. I mean, makes no sense. Common sense does not prevail in 2020. I'm telling you what, it's, it's people have lost their minds. Yeah. I love that. You can travel with the team, but you can't play. That makes no sense at all. Uh, the other thing is I don't listen. I don't want to go too crazy with this. Go crazy, man. I'm good. We got an offense averaging 45 points per game in through two games. I don't know that we've seen him play like a spectacular game offensively yet. Like, 
I don't, I don't know that we've seen like the package get put together. And that just makes me think like with, through all these teams uh, that we look back on with, with all these tremendous players uh, and all the offenses, especially listen, no, no, uh, uh, no ill will towards Jim Tressel. We just know those offenses were different. They were built to play differently. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though like your senior season, they scored a ton of points. Uh, right. But uh, I know under Urban, it was a big offensive, you know, push. This offense, is this like the best offense? You know, I can't, I don't know that I remember an offense like this at Ohio State. I mean, J.K. last year, what uh, Justin Fields did last year, I mean, what do you have? Like 41 touchdown passes and, I know. and 10 rushing? <laughs> you had 51, I mean, and then you had J.K. with 2,000 yards. I mean, offensively, they were a dynamite last year, right? And had a big, bigger body of work. Um I don't, I don't know. I mean, the thing about them is you could almost say, hey, just throw the ball. Like, who's going <laughs> to stop them, right, and, and go score 50 points? But that's not what they want to do because that's not what's going to win you games. Right. And, again, their mindset, right, beat the team up north, win the Big Ten championship, be in the college football playoff, and win a natty. So everything they do is all predicated upon winning the national championship, right? And I actually talked about this today on the Morning Juice. Um on morning juices, the leaps and margins that they have to take to be even more elite requires so much more time, energy, and effort because they're already elite and going to take one more step when you already are the best of the best. Right. It's so small compared to what the other bottom, the other ten that could be in the conversation have to take. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so like you have teams like BYU sure. or a, a Cincinnati or the Floridas and the Georgias of the world, like their steps that they got to take are significantly bigger than the steps that Ohio State has to has to take right. to then have that package that you're talking about of what it looks to satisfy the eye test. You know, and I think even in this last game, you add those two field goals, you feel significantly better right. just about the eye test simply because you beat them by 19 as opposed mm-hmm. to 13. Right. Right. I mean, that's right. that's the difference and why it all matters. Now, it doesn't matter from the standpoint of you're in the college football playoff if you win all your games. Like, that's the inevitable. But what does matter is the seeding of it, right? So you look at, you know, last year, right? If you're the number one seed, which there was back and forth between us and LSU, and then now you get to go play Oklahoma, well, the road is significantly easier playing an Oklahoma versus playing a Clemson to play an LSU. Like, that's what you're playing for. So that has to satisfy a little bit of the eye test. So – as a coach, you're thinking all you're taking all this into consideration as to how you play every single game. Right? You have to go out there. Juicy J said, "Every time I go out, you know I got to show out." I mean, that's, <laughs> that's and the only Wait. reason I know that is because I was the DJ as well. I mean, side note, oh, train coaches. What didn't you train, do? Well, I was a, I was a DJ for the locker room pregame. So what you did was oh, you gotcha. gave your iPad <laughs> and you got the old thumbprint out. Right, anytime a dude wanted to deal or a song. You just thumbprint it, put it in the Oreo mix that you would play before a game. You know, I, I'm just I'm just picturing you in a tux at weddings, man. Thank God you uh, clarified no, I had that. I to verify that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a DJ. Uh, I just, you know, I played nothing but the hits for the pregame. For an extra fifty bucks, yeah, I'll yeah, bench press yeah. your wife. Yeah, here you go. Right way. <laughs> so, so here come the Buckeyes. Here come the Buckeyes embarking on the rest of this Big Ten season uh, in the Big Ten East. It's a mess. It's a weird, 
Yeah. You can blame it on all the, uh, the extenuating circumstances and stuff, but it's a met Like, you got Michigan State losing to Rutgers. You got – And then beating the team up north. And then beating Michigan. Yeah. You got you got Indiana looks like the second-best team in the Big Ten right now. But, all I mean, yeah, they squeaked a game out against Penn State, who doesn't look all that great, and they beat Rutgers. You look on the other side of the conference, it's, it's just as ugly. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – I, I mean – what are your thoughts as the Buckeyes, uh, you know, they got Rutgers coming up this week and then you've just got this slate of Maryland and, and awful football uh, in front. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana at home, right? Illinois, yep. Michigan State, then, then that team up north. You know, you go look at the other side, right? I mean, think about, I mean, this is 2022 a T. Right. It's right. Right. Ohio right. State, Indiana, yeah. Purdue, and Northwestern. That's it. What is happening? 2020, summed up. Wisconsin, Wisconsin may not play right. another game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it like that, right? So let's say Wisconsin comes back and they're able to finish their, their year. Purdue wins out. Purdue was supposed to play Wisconsin this week, and they don't play. But you have, you know, I mean, who does Purdue got? They got Northwestern, Minnesota, Rutgers, Nebraska, and IU. They somehow went out and go 7-0, and and you got a 6-0 and Wisconsin – you gotta send Purdue. Yeah, you have to. I know you did. I know it was a no oh, yeah. contest, but it was Wisconsin's fault. I mean, you got. I mean, you can't pass the buck. Like it's oh, your yeah. responsibility. They already had an outbreak earlier in the year, right? And I hope there's some transparency as to how this facility, like, penetrated their facility and all the protocols. Was it a staff member to the players? Was the players to the staff? <laughs> Excuse me. How do you have 27 players right there in the midst? of a season. Also, he goes back to the Big Ten sucked because this wasn't a fluid situation. Right. Right? They should have started – they should have played the regular season right from the jump and afforded themselves some bye weeks to be able to do it, eliminate it, say we're going to go to a 10-game schedule, we're going to have two bye weeks or eight games in two bye weeks and start on the 10th of October. But it wasn't fluid, so they couldn't couldn't execute rapidly because they had to go back to the drawing board, which they don't have. Like, I'm a big whiteboard – you know, you look at my shelf, and I got whiteboards everywhere, man. Like, that's how you solve problems with a whiteboard you know, and, a, and a marker and a towel, and you just erase, and you and then you plant the flag and you go. The Big Ten doesn't do that because they have no leadership. That's a different story. But, you know, it's absolutely a mess. So, you know, here's the deal. Ohio State, handle your business. Be elite. Know what you're playing for. And this, I, I will say this, this will go down. If they run the table in the college football playoffs, and go win a national championship, even if they don't win a national championship, even if they just get there. It's going down as one of the greatest teams in Ohio State history simply for the fact of the sacrifice, the discipline that is required for them to go through this season unscathed. And the last thing is we can't control what other teams do. And we don't have a bye week and, you know, you got a Maryland or an IU or an Indiana or Michigan State or Michigan, they have an outbreak. And you can't right. play that game like you're, you're already there. But unlike the Pac-12, unlike – well, I mean, really only the Pac-12, they're not going to take a Pac-12 6-0, 7-0 team over a 6-0 and Ohio State simply no. for the fact of they know right. us, right? They know right. our brand. They right. know what we're bringing to the table. Right. Like, they're going to pick you, and that's where the branding helps, right? That's where right. the recognition of being right. elite helps. Yeah. Right. Boy, oh, boy, if, if Purdue <laughs> – if Purdue somehow gets sent, man, uh, they got, 
I bet you these old. I bet you those. I bet you those older guys are going to have that one circled from 2018. Yeah. I bet you they'll be licking their chops for that, that one after know. the last time we played. Yeah, Purdue. they know. They know, Chad. I mean, they know what <laughs> what Purdue does. I mean, it's not a neutral site. Good thing it's not. It's not there, right? I mean, it's right. not a neutral site in, right. in Indy, so they don't have to worry about playing in that stadium and hearing the stupid train and crap. Uh, <laughs> man, those are two bad losses, man. I mean, yeah. Iowa and Purdue. Right. I mean, great teams should have been in the college football playoffs, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. Michigan sure. State, 2015, one of the best teams they've ever had. I mean, oh, that is the, that's a killer. <laughs> I still think of that game. I hate it. I know that uh, was bad. Feed Zeke, man. Feed that guy. He got a tattoo in his stomach. Should have had it there. That's, that's, that's all he had. He's having a hard time right now. Right, right, just right there. Feed me, right there. That's right. All right. <laughs> so before we let you out of here, Anthony Schlegel, uh, again, former Buckeye, former NFLer, uh, and the current host of Morning Juice on the Fan down there in Columbus. Let's just talk about you for a minute. Uh, I got a couple questions about your Ohio State career. But you started at Air Force, yeah, and then you transferred over. You were actually a captain at Air Force, right? Uh, and then you transferred over to the Buckeyes. So, just what was that? What was behind that decision? What was that process like? Uh, you know, just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, going back to the Air Force days. I mean, I was a freshman American. I was a team captain, all conference. I was, a, but I was a turd too, as well. Now, I mean, self introspection, like I was an a hole, you know, for a hot minute there my freshman year, and I accumulated a large sum of demerits my my oh, first no. semester of my freshman year. I mean, Not a large a sum to where I probably should have been kicked out, but I wasn't. Um, and I served my time, and then and then my sophomore year, you know, I uh, I actually got questioned about going off campus so I had a growing injury and I went off campus to get massage and and acupuncture like I was real big into just taking care of my body they didn't have it on the, on on you know on the on the base sure. so I went off campus and then I also went to Chipotle because I'm trying to stay above 220 you know what I mean like <laughs> I want to eat some food right get some calories so they questioned me about it I said yeah absolutely I did it right integrity first service service before self excellence and all we do didn't lie about it. Well, they wanted to bring a bunch of crap that I did as a freshman back as a sophomore. I was like, no, just the principle of it. Like, I can't accept that punishment. Like, punish me for what I just did. Like, all that stuff was gone. You told me it was gone. It wasn't. So I left, not knowing where I was going. Came to Ohio State because I met dudes just like me. AJ Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, they were just like my dudes at the Air Force Academy. The brotherhood that is Ohio State football is real only to be passed by the service academies because there is no better sure. brotherhood than the service academies. Ohio state is a one, a their number, their one, we are a one, a, it just shows. I mean, we got dudes that James Lord, not not from here, lives here myself, not from here, lives here. Yeah. AJ Hawk from, from, you know, Cincinnati area, Centerville lives here. Bobby Carpenter from here, but lives back up here. John Simon, Corey Lindsley, not from here lives here. I mean, like, that's what it is. Yeah. Buckeyes being Buckeyes and, and all the work that we do in the community. But, you know, Jim Trussell, much like Fisher to Barry, same type of guy. That's why I came here. So we talked about, we talked about, uh, you mentioned a couple of those losses, the Iowa, the Purdue, the Michigan state in 2015, but let's talk about your last year at Ohio state, because there's a couple Texas of Texas and Penn state. Oh my uh, gosh. 10, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Did we ever get to see, Cause that's the, that's the year. Then you guys like took off and average, like you guys average like 40, 45 points a game. You're off. We were good defensively, man. Like we were yeah. legit on D that's yeah. the year. If you don't remember, that's the year that we had Ohio state and Notre Dame in the AJ Hawk versus Brady Quinn and his sister bowl where they showed Brady Quinn's sister a thousand times. And you he's guys married give to AJ Hawk a hard time about kids, that. You know, 
Did you give him a hard time about that, though, like, while it was going on? Like, they, I think they showed A.J. Hawk and Brady Quinn's sister more than they showed that game in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, I was, pro- I was probably, like, back then, like, hey, brother, you're taking some of my tackles because they're obviously missing what I just did on that play and giving it to you because they're looking at your girlfriend the entire time. <laughs> he, was, he was in a crushing Brady Quinn, and they would just cut to his girl, his girlfriend. Yeah, like, like, oh, no, yay, oh, no, all right, that's my guy, just, you know? Just like the just like the half jersey, AJ had forty seven on the front and fifty one on the back, and just <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean that that yeah. was. I mean, I tell you what, that was like the first. What a what a cool year that was. That was the first yeah. marquee matchup early on because back then it was all about the BCS and mm-hmm. go through a schedule, be undefeated, right? Allow them to crunch the numbers. You're going to be there, right? But then right. you have Texas in the mix at our place. Should have won that game. I mean, yeah. we, we got three turnovers inside their 25-yard line and got three points. Like, that's the game. Regardless right. of what else right. happened right. after that, right. that's the football game. You know, right. you score one touchdown there, it's the game. That's it. Yeah. So, then we played Penn State at Penn State for the first whiteout. Yes. And we got yeah. beat 17-10. Yeah. to 10, And defensively, they had a 171 yards total offense. Think about that, Al. We wow. three and outed them the entire second half. They ran a kickoff back into field goal territory, three and out, kick a field goal. We three and outed them the rest of the game. Crazy. Oh my god. Crazy. Stupid oh, talk. Now I wanted uh. now I wanted to get on that. What now what um between the formats, like first two two questions. Like, okay, so were you are you a bigger fan of the BCS or this playoff? And then if it's the with the with the playoff, are you do you, are you cool with the four team, or do you think it needs to be expanded? I like the four. You know, just don't win, you like, like be elite. You know, what I mean, the, the hard thing for the four is that you know, I, I I guess it would kind of be like what they're trying to do with the NFL. You know, yeah. um, if if you're a power five conference and you're really good and you win all your games, like you should be in the in the in the in the running, right? right? So sure. don't lose a game. Go win out. That's all you had to do in the BCS, really, unless it was one and, you know, mm-hmm. everybody lost one. Then you had that opportunity. But I think that when you start to add more, it kind of waters waters it down, just like they're trying to talk about okay. the eight game or the 18 playoff. That's asinine for me. I hate the 17 yeah. even because it de-incentivizes what you do for the entire year. Like if you're in the NFL and you're the first or second round seed, like you should have a buy. It's an opportunity to get rest. It's an opportunity for not having your guys get hurt. You're de-incentivizing what they do. Right. Right, right. to be the top two teams in the AFC and the NFC. You know, in college football, it's all about win your games and win them convincingly, and you know that if you're a Cincinnati, you have to go out and ball out every single time. And, and they've right. done that, right? Like, they got Houston this week, but yeah, they played crazy. Memphis, who's a known commodity, and they beat the brakes off them. They played SMU at SMU right. and beat the brakes off them. The so they're doing yeah. everything that they need to do to be in the conversation. It's just when when those things are all even, and you know, let's so just say it's Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson in the top three. You cannot put a fourth, you know, SEC team there right. that has a loss. You have to look at their body of work and say they did the best they could with what they got. They're undefeated. Mm-hmm. You got to go. In the years where they go undefeated and they can't go, 
are the years where you have an undefeated Oklahoma, an undefeated Ohio State, an undefeated Alabama, an undefeated Clemson. Right. I can't put you in there because the level of competition is not right. the same. So I understand I that. Sure. But in a year like this, the only way that Alabama gets in if they have a loss is in to a, a Florida it – it's not going to be an A&M. But, it, you know, it, it's going to be to a Florida that beats an Alabama or a Georgia that beats them in the championship right. game. They go in. All right, they only had one loss. We're going to put them in because we know the brand and what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's fun to watch it all play out. The Buckeyes are off to a hot start. We're going to talk about it, right? Yeah, it's great to talk. Hey, listen, man. Yeah, all the other stuff fun. going on right now. It is fun to get our minds on football and the Buckeyes and college football. And, uh, yeah, it's a blast to talk about. And it was, it was sorely missed. But two weeks into the season here, Buckeyes are rolling. And, and, uh, and this week they got a huge matchup against the powerhouse Rutgers. Uh, we'll see if the Buckeyes can squeak that one out. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Hey, hey the, let's be honest. The only chance they have, Schlegs, is if uh, they possess the ball and every play they score probably five or six touchdowns <laughs> via 20 to 25 lateral passes. Uh, or... I, you, know, you know what, though? I mean, I mean, hats off to Shiano. Like, he yeah. – you know, everybody has to know what, what you do, right? And what, sure, what he sure. did was he's like, you know what? We're, I'm going to build this culture. We're going to chop wood. I'm going to go out and find players that are in the portal – that are, are already yeah. some type of a commodity, right? They can yeah. come in and add value right away. I think he had seven or eight transfers, of which five of those are now your starters. They yeah. buy in because they know what they want in a culture, and we give them opportunity mm-hmm. to live out their college dreams here at, you know, it's not even Rutgers. It's like the New Jersey State University right. I don't even know what their title is. But that's what they got to do. Yeah. You know I mean? They can't go recruit against Ohio state. So, you know, I, I see Ohio state absolutely. Atta- I, I forget the score of the Indiana game, but I, I think it's going to be a, an absolute beat down from the jump because it's going to be a, a rude awakening as to this is not Michigan state with seven turnovers. This is not IU. Right. Right. right this right. is the Ohio state Buckeyes. And when you have a passing attack like that, there's nobody that can cover those cats. You know, I mean, the only thing that could ever derail an Ohio State is if a Justin Fields, knock on wood, got some type of false positive test. And no, they no, 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 no. Mm-mm. I just knocked on wood. I'm all good. We are not speaking that into existence. Yeah, here no, 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 we're not. We're not. I mean, what I'm saying is that that's the only way that that could ever be, you know, derailed. Well, it's a, it's, it'll be a fun season coming up. It'll be – It'll be fun to watch the Buckeyes hopefully keep rolling again this week against Rutgers, uh, trying to go to 3-0 and after a big win against Penn State. And, uh, and Anthony Schlegel, man, we really appreciate you jumping on with us here on the Garage Beers podcast to talk a little Buckeyes uh, and to talk a little bit about you. Uh, again, if you want to catch Anthony, morning host, on the fan, down in Columbus, of the morning juice. What time is that on? Six, like 6 morning to juice. 10? We got a podcast, man. We, I mean, you can podcast this thing. You just – Listen to me talk like this for three yes. hours. Is what I is what I do. Me and Bobby talking like this for three hours. All gas, yeah. no breaks, right? That's it. Caffeinated. I mean, let's listen. That's what we do. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's, been, yeah. it's been what thirty-five is, minutes, and I'm ready to run through a wall. Show. Seven a.m. I crack a monster. I start with a cup of coffee. 7 a.m. I crack a monster. I probably have another coffee. You know, in the eight o'clock hour, we just you know all our thing is about. 
how do we uh, inform, educate, and entertain all at the same time? Like today I was talking about, I don't even know what the heck I was talking about. I just spell out these one-liners and I, I black out, you know? So uh, it's really fun. It's he really wakes fun. up at 4 p.m. in his bed somehow. Like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know what happened. I'm just in my shop working out 500 pounds on my back. Like, what just happened? Hey, listen, no if you want to hear Anthony Schlegel go on just a caffeine rant every morning on the morning juice, on the fan in Columbus, tune in. But, uh, hey, Anthony, really, really appreciate you coming on with us. And, uh, and go Bucks. Appreciate it, guys. Chad, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you once again to our special guest, Anthony Schlegel, a phenomenal interview. If you're not, if you don't have energy after that, if you're not ready to just run through a brick wall, I know Chad said he was earlier on the podcast. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know what would get you pumped up. That guy, I don't know, man. He should be a motivational speaker and a coach and everything that goes with it. <laughs> All gas, no brakes. Like I feel like I, I, like I just punched a hole through my wall. I just did. I just punched a hole through my wall. I just bench pressed 350 <laughs> pounds for the first time since college. Uh, I, 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 I lifted a car. You have no idea with the I'm things a, I just did. After I'm a little concerned with his uh, caffeine intake, but as, a guy, <laughs> yeah. but as a guy who's just slamming beers on this podcast, maybe I shouldn't talk. Right. Well, I mean, uh, beers are downers, man. He just, Ooh. he's just, he's, he's just, ah! what is he talking about on his radio? He was like, well, I get up in the morning i drink a monster and then coffee and then a monster and then maybe another monster and then some more coffee and i was like gee yeah like i'm in, you're like and your heart hasn't exploded <laughs> <Yeah>. weird okay <laughs> you just you you must have a metal heart or something that just keeps you going. But listen uh, but uh yeah great, what a guy Yeah, great insight uh, uh again i know we just said it but uh if you want to catch anthony schlegel you can uh, catch him with Bobby Carpenter down there on the fan in Columbus. Their show in the morning is Morning Juice. You can catch them every morning on the fan. Uh, but what a great time we had talking about the Buckeyes, about his time with the Buckeyes, and and once again, just uh, kind of the state of the Buckeyes this year and, and moving forward. So uh, before we get into our next guest, uh, a little bit of a crazy time. Guys, we'd be remiss. I know we're a sports podcast. And – we don't, we don't get into this to talk about what you do or tell you what to do or anything like that, but I'm telling you, boys, I'm running on about two hours of sleep. I don't know about you Why guys, two? I'm, but I'm a junkie for this stuff. I am a junkie for politics, and I've said this before a million times. I think it is a shame that we view politics as like a taboo uh, uh, topic. Because frankly, you should be able to talk about it and, and like not get all personal or like offense, like taking offense to it or whatever. But election night in uh, the U.S. Uh, presidential election, Biden and Trump, and it's crazy close. We're, we're doing this podcast on Wednesday night. And uh, while Biden is ahead, it's still not over. And I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you're like me. I don't, I, you know, I know you guys both pay attention to it. I know that for sure. But like, I think I, I literally maybe got two hours of sleep last night. Uh, are you guys that into it? Uh, Hell I am. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I am. And um, mostly for like just one number. There's, there, <laughs> there's one number that is just, is going to let me know where we are in a country, you know, where we're, where the line is, where the crazies are, where they're not. It's, it's the number of people that have voted for Kanye West. 
And oh, Jesus <laughs> that's the total number that it. means the most to me. Um, I'm very just out of Tennessee. He was on our ballot. I uh, They make us scroll through all the candidates in Tennessee, and I saw he was at the bottom of the list. I did not vote for Kanye. I will say that. Um, but 10,000 people in the state I currently reside in did, and that was that was too many for me. Like that was that was probably my line. I I think, you know, maybe like I think three thousand was probably gonna be like my comfort level. Ten that was too much for me. That's too many people. I'm sorry. <laughs> too many people supporting just a weird dude. <laughs> a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he, oh, you know he he did come out on election day and he posted, he said for the first time ever, I I voted on a presidential, or no, for the first time ever, I voted, and it was for a president, the only presidential candidate I can trust, <laughs> me. Uh, I was like, oh, all right, oh, I can vibe God. with that a little bit. Damn it, I should go recast <laughs> oh. my vote. Yeah. yeah, right, right in Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not into it. Uh, I'm not into it. I I I I could I couldn't give two shits to be honest with you. I I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, I shouldn't say no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Let me rephrase that. Uh, I'm intrigued by this, by this election. And, uh, but I'm not, I, I I don't, I I don't invest too much time into politics and and politicians because it just, it's, it, it, it doesn't serve a good purpose for me. I mean, it's just, it brings out the ugly in people. Uh, It, 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 the, the hypocrisy that it brings out in people, the, the, everybody has their own version of the facts. Like I just, I, I don't get into it because it's just, it's not good for my mental health. So I just decide to, I mean, I know about it. I pay, I, I do sort of pay attention to it. You know, like I take a stance on issues, but like getting as in depth as some people do, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I don't know. I just, I get way into it. I, I, I'm, I'm a total nerd on presidential history. I love presidential yeah. history. So presidential elections I love, and then I, I care about this stuff. So yeah, I was up all night just just freaking out like an idiot, uh, <laughs> and, and and I think it's fascinating. I think it's it's you know we're, we are about to wind up probably one of the closest, uh, certainly one of the clo- it's maybe the closest election I can remember. I mean, I, mm-hmm. we're going to be waiting. Yeah. We might find out the uh, winner, but then it's going to be weeks before all of it's said and done, uh, and it's like official, like this no going back if not months. And that is, is crazy to me. So it's, it's just been cool to watch. It's been, it's been cool to watch it all go down. It's been a freaking roller coaster. It's been like a sporting event that you would want to watch. Like if this was a baseball game, you have one team that came out and hit like a grand slam in the second inning and like another two run homer in the fifth inning. And then the other team responds with a grand slam in the seventh inning and like it has just been this back and forth crazy, you know, not to not to say politics and sports really go together, but I don't know. I've just been into it. I I I have been addicted to just trying to follow this and see who the next leader of the country is gonna be, if it's gonna still be Trump or Biden or whoever it's gonna be, but I don't know. I love it. I'm into it. So who do you want to who do you want to win, Mike? <laughs> who do you want to win? 
You know what? I will let uh, I will let uh, viewers decide or listeners decide who they want to win. Uh, oh, and who knows? We might drop this podcast. Uh, it usually comes out uh, pretty early in the morning on Thursday morning. We might know who's going to win. Uh, we might yep. go to sleep tonight not know. We might know in the morning. So uh, we still don't know who's going to win Arizona, Nevada, Georgia. I think we know who's going to win North Carolina. We don't know who's going to win Pennsylvania. Like, it's crazy how close this is. So I don't know. I just think it's fun. I think it's, it's keeping me on my toes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, all right. Anything? What do we? What keeps do we, you on your toes? It's a little exciting. Why don't we get into a more fun topic? Like what? Like our next guest. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, and now we are really excited. Our second special guest of the episode, our first dual special guest episode. This one's going to be fun uh, because she joined us for our Browns schedule game before the Browns season even started. So we're really excited to welcome back Cameron Justice. Cameron, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Thank you for coming back on. This is awesome. (laughs) Hi, Orca Lover 15. (laughs) (laughs) We don't don't talk about that. We do (laughs) I'm sorry. What? For the the story. So uh, when I was – when I DM'd Cameron to see if she wanted to come back on the show, I was – messing with her i was like what's your email again is it like justices served at i'm awesome.com or something oh shit you're so clever you're so clever and and i said and i said i was like that's a really good aim name i don't know if you're Uh. old enough to remember your aim screen name so that's why i said so i was like i I was gonna ask you guys what was your screen name oh i was boring i was boring i don't know are you guys old enough for that yeah i was an aim monster oh oh, cameron is joe's definitely he leaked mine i mean I was like, <laughs> no, wait, that was not yeah. really your name. Yeah, it was Orca Lover 15. I was oh, really, uh, really that's not that bad. I love Free Willy. Orcas are my favorite animal. 15 was my soccer number. <laughs> Solid. <No. laughs> yeah. Orca Lover yeah, 15. Right. Yeah. I, I had a couple. I had um, uh, my first one ever was misspelled. It was supposed to be Shiny 06 because I had a goldfish named Shiny. But uh, my dad set up the account and he put shiny 06 instead of shiny. There's no doubt. That's how we started. I, I dabbled with Joey Tribe for a little bit, but my, my peak of AIM names was uh, Joe Schmo Hobo uh, at AOL.com. So that's What's my with the aquatic story. theme? Hobo? We got Orca Lover. We got uh, you're named after your goldfish. Shinny. Oh, yeah. Shinny. Good old Shinny. It lasted about a month. I was boring. I was boring except for I throw people off because I changed my last name after I went to college. And that's a very long story that we're not going to get into. Uh, but all right. So my AIM name was my previous last name and then a 15. Oh, oh the 15 I'm right. with you with, cause that was always 15 was my number in sports forever. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I was boring. I didn't, I did not have, uh, uh an aquatic animal manatee 15 to name myself after. <laughs> so, so no one had like no one had any idea would you message people and be like oh, who's this yeah no people always knew it was me on that one what was yours chad oh, okay oh god i told cameron i was like i was boring too ah. like i was like when i was first thinking of, when i was first thinking of it i was like it's, it's, it was buck rec 30 oh. my old twitter name buck rec 30 i was like i like the buckeyes i work in a rec center and my <laughs> football name's 30 my football number is 30 perfect eureka that's it you're so creative <laughs> done 
All right, so we're excited. We're excited to bring Cameron back Uh, again. Cameron, if you want to follow her on uh, on Twitter at Cami Justice, but we're excited to bring her back. We're going to talk a little Browns. Uh, We're at the halfway mark of the season. It's a boring weekend because there's no Browns game, and that sucks. Uh, But we did the schedule game with Cameron before the season, so we want to kind of break that down, see what we all thought uh, going in. But before we do that, Cameron has jumped in to the garage beers slash garage drinks of the week theme so we're going to throw it over to Cameron for a second and see what what's the garage drink of the week yeah so I think I had a, like a, a Jack and Diet Coke yeah, last time like uh, we're we're also in the same boat <laughs> it's not Jack uh but it is Bullet so we've switched to bourbon Ooh. <laughs> are you on, so are you on like a bourbon kick yeah I bought a bottle of it I spiked some apple cider and you know now we're now we're just drinking it Oh yeah. I mean, I don't like bourbon at all, but <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> it's like it's, it's a bourbon, bourbon day here. So, <laughs> so, oh, Joey, you got bourbon? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, bullet and coke. All right, that's great. Ooh. That's a good way to get the night going. There's a lot of stuff going on, so bourbon always helps when exactly. dealing with all of this. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get into the Browns because they've hit the bye week. Uh, and they've hit it in literally the worst possible way, right? I mean, like, could they have stumbled into this two-week but They could have lost any other game on the schedule. The Colts drop one to the Bengals. Who cares? No big deal. But that loss, why does that loss heading into the bye week suck so bad? Because you're heading into the bye week. Uh, <laughs> and now you're just dwelling on it. Uh, it's, that, it's that loss <laughs> of momentum. But, I mean... You wanted to win. They had all all the reason to win. Baker Mayfield looked great. Big big momentum coming out of that last drive against the Bengals, and then you know laid a goose egg. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I don't think he looked all that bad. We haven't really talked about the game. I don't think he looked all that bad. Oh, Baker played well. I think Baker and people was fine. people gave me grief <laughs> for saying he played well, but that's I mean he did play well. You don't you look at the stat line and you're not going to see that, but the way you look at it, the, he put the ball where he needed to put it. He was he was accurate. He made the right reads throughout the game. It was the stat line doesn't reflect that because of the drops, and they were very crucial drops. And and but they weren't drops that should have been missed. They were very. Very catchable balls. Like I said, like Baker Mayfield put that ball where they, it needed to go. So that, that game does not fall on him at all. He looked exactly the way he needed to. The team just didn't step up to help him. This is going to stop. Yeah, and I mean, I think – Oh, go ahead, Chad. Oh, I was going to say – I was going to say, and I think that's like the – uh, you know, the misconception that people take from this game too is, is also that is that those drops came at such cr- crucial times, at least two of them came at yes. such crucial times. They're, they're just going to blame everybody. It's going to sound a little douchey. And I hate to do that, but like you can really tell the people that don't that just very casually follow football, even like the fans, like Browns fans that just casually follow football. And unfortunately, I think it's like a major, major number of people, right? Like because anybody that actually knows the game and that watched that game goes, oh, yeah, Baker did literally everything he needed to do for us to win that game. That dime he threw to Jarvis Landry. That should have been a touchdown, and Jarvis should have caught that ball. And I don't – I'm not going to – I said on the podcast last week, a couple weeks ago, he's one of my favorite Browns. I can remember Jarvis Landry. I love Jarvis Landry. He needs to catch that touchdown. You need to not drop that pass. That 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 was made. That play was made. It was a perfect throw. Uh, Najoku, Jesus Christmas. Like, dude, on a third down, <laughs> catch the ball. 
you know, you, you got guys, you got to make plays. Like you, you got to, these guys have to make some plays. Uh, uh, Kareem Hunt dropping passes. Kareem Hunt never drops passes. Then all of a sudden he's out here dropping passes. Like, I don't know. You can just tell because everybody then automatically is like, oh, but Baker. And you're like, they had six drives in that game. Six. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. When you yep. only have six drives, yep. because Chad and I broke this down in our little recap after the game, they didn't force a punt. On six drives, you can't have drop passes. Like, it can't happen. Right. Uh, and, right. and unfortunately, those guys drop passes. So, Browns go into the bye week, uh, five and three. And you know what's really funny? Three of the four of us on our schedule game that we played before the season had the Browns going into the bye week at five and three. Joey, look at that. Myself and Cameron. Look at that. Cameron, I remember being very happy about that prediction. Too. Yes, yes, I remember we were all. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, if we go five and three to the bye week, like before the season started, that was like incredible. Are you it was kidding like me? <laughs> it was crazy, you know, seeing that loss and and feeling this five and three. It doesn't feel like five and three for the fan base. I mean, I know it feels like, it feels like we're feedback two and, and six. And yeah, but it's so weird. you're five and three going into the bye. That's pretty good, and with an easy schedule coming up. And now I get it because you know you lost to the Raiders, and that's that's losing to the the Ravens is one thing. Losing to the Steelers obviously is another thing. Uh, I think a lot of people underestimated that one too. Um, but losing to the Raiders, that one felt different. I think that's where this this dark cloud of sadness is for this bye week is because I mean the other two losses came from you know the top teams yeah. and then and then you you drop one to the Raiders to their credit have played some good they beat the Chiefs I mean they're not a nobody team but right. it's a team that you know with the expectations and the way the Browns have looked and they have shown that they're capable of it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a feel good <laughs> like oh it's okay it's the Raiders right. it's like no well, we probably should have won that one and that's a now, tough Cameron, loss you- too because the the Raiders it's early, but the Raiders are so far the second competition to our wild card spot. If mm-hmm. if we do get a wild card spot, so you know, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us down the road. But that's that's a tough one to lose before the bye week. Well, and the other thing that hurts about it is the Raiders didn't play all that well. They didn't play all that well. There was, I mean, like uh, you can talk about they just kept the ball. You can talk about the extended drives, but that is a that's a referendum on the on the Browns defense not being able to get one stop. How many? times are you going to put them in third and seven or third and eight and they get it like a hundred percent of the time like how many times are you going to let that happen so other than that though they didn't play particularly well for for the amount of time that the Raiders had the ball they scored 16 points like two two of the two of those drives though because the Raiders only had seven possessions two of those drives were a nine minute drive atrocious oh my god nine minutes oh my god now, do you guys – now, Cameron, let me ask you this first. Nobody else can tell me. Now, do you think the, 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 it, it wouldn't be as overblown as if it was more of a competitive loss? Because, yeah. the, uh, because, that, because that game to me seemed like a like – a, was reminiscent of like an old-school Brown, like, <laughs> bad penal, bad, like, bad, like bad penalties oh. after a good play, like that Ogan Joby face mask on a sack or, or, or you know, like um, – <laughs> I, I I know I know I know there was a couple other things yeah. I said that I'm I'm not thinking of right now. But main question is, do you guys think it would be as bad if that was more of a competitive loss? No, I think because even though 
even though it was 16 to six, it felt like the Browns were never in that game. And that's, that's what it is. I think if I mean, the defense just play, there is (laughs) horrible. Doesn't describe the way the defense played. And it was, you know, in all areas. So, you know, we've seen the Browns struggle with their secondary all season. That's not new. That wasn't surprising, but what was surprising was the Browns went into that game with the fifth ring rush defense and then allowed them to run the ball all over them. Like, I mean, and that, I think that's where it hurt is because, you know, you, you saw the weaknesses that you've known, but then the strengths were just not there either. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, just like the stupid shoot yourself in the foot moments of the penalties. And then a lot of them too were Jedrick Wills and he's a rookie. So you got to give him some slack because he's a rookie, but I mean, uh, three, <laughs> three oh, yeah. oh, false yeah. starts. Like my, my guy, you got to get get with it. And so you know right. they're working on on that with him. But uh. it was just like all over the place. It was just really sloppy. And it was to see the Raiders get so many yards rushing and and the Browns not be able to do that. That just it it stung because that's the identity of the Browns and they were playing in an environment in which the Browns should be successful in outside cold. AFC North weather, like that's it. That's where they thrive. It was snowy, it was sleeted, grapple, grapple, uh, whatever. How uh, in the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I learned a new, I learned a new word and a new weather term. I'm here for it. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the kind of weather that you would expect. You know, the Browns to just dominate in. You'd have thought the Chris Spielman, by the way, would have been like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Nobody yeah. on the planet calls this Garoppolo. He just ran with it. He was like, "Yeah, let's yeah. grapple this up. Let's go." He embraced <laughs> it. I was like, "I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, like grapple is definitely like seems like seems like it would be a Cleveland thing. <laughs> like, if you don't <laughs> like if you don't like the weather in Cleveland, just wait five minutes. Oh, now we have a new thing, grapple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we, we, have, we invented something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I <laughs> yeah. Since the the several days since that game, I'm just I'm just. I've been envisioning uh, Carr uh, just running through open lanes in the defensive line for like 15 <laughs> yards. It's like nightmare-inducing. He played pretty well, though, I thought. He did, but like third and eight, and it's like, here, have the middle of the field. Go. <laughs> have 15 yards on us. You're welcome. Uh, Cleveland hospitality. Us, yeah. Uh, right, right. Yeah, but listen, here's the funny thing. Uh, so let's go back to our, us playing the, the schedule game because uh, – Cameron, you got two out of three losses. You you had them going five and three into the bye week. We were ecstatic about that. You nailed two of the three losses. You got the Ravens lost week one, and you got the Raiders lost. You called them losing to the Raiders. You probably wouldn't have said it in the way that it did happen, but you got it anyways. Uh, Chad, uh, you only got one of the losses. You got the Steelers loss, so good for you. Damn it. Joey got two. Yeah, all right. Joey had them losing to the Ravens and losing to the Steelers, so good call on those, Joe. And then I got to, I had them, uh, no, I only had the one, actually. Sorry. I had them losing to the Raiders. Uh, but that was my only loss that I called. Surprisingly, all four of us had them losing to the Colts. So we were all wrong on that one. We all take a loss on that one. I went out on a limb and called that they were going to lose to the Bengals in the second game, which I just thought that was a trap game, and it kind of almost was, but then it wasn't. Uh, and then what else? Chad... Uh, no, Chad, you only had the two, so uh, you got the Steelers one right. So we did pretty well. Uh, again, all of us had them going five and three into the bye week, except Chad. Chad had six and two, which I love your optimism. Uh, but right, right. 
And they should have beat the Raiders, damn it. And they should have. <laughs> but as bad as it was going into the bye week, then you look at this stretch because I remember us talking about kind of the beginning, at the beginning of the season, this next stretch of games where, remember the Texans were like a good football team last year. So we're looking at the Texans out of the bye going, okay, like that might be a tough game. And then we're looking at the Eagles going, okay, that might be a tough game. And even the Jags, because they had like Minshew mania and they, they, they had moments where they were pretty decent. Those next three games, we were all kind of looking going, oh, those might be tough. Yeah, total different perception now, though. Like completely yeah. different perception. It's going to the bye week for the Browns and you get healthy. Like there's a real chance you're going to see yeah. Nick Chubb back on the field. Uh, you're going to see Austin Hooper back. You're going to see some of your playmakers return. And all of a sudden, those games – in the meantime, the Texans have fired their coach, GM. Uh, so it's the Romeo Cornell uh, Texans uh, that you're going to face. Uh, you've got the Eagles in the worst division in football, maybe ever. Uh, and then you've got the Jags that are awful this year. Totally different perception. The Browns, uh, you, I know how bad that Raiders game was, but you've got to be feeling pretty good going into these next three games. Oh, absolutely. I think – I don't even remember what my prediction was, but I know that I was nervous for Texans and Eagles. And now I'm like, okay, there's no way they can lose these. There's no way they can lose these. That would just be so insulting to, to lose. The Texans, they'll play competitively. I don't think that one's going to be, you know, as crazy as everyone might hope for. But the the Eagles, the Eagles, that yeah. cannot look close. That cannot look close. No. I know Joey's got yeah. feelings on that. Yeah, I, uh, I I think the Eagles are gonna win. I hate it, but I I nope. and I don't want it. I don't want it. But <laughs> did you see them play? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, mean, I know. They and look that's like little league pee wee football. <laughs> and that's the problem that? too. Is that and that's what's gonna make it all the worse. Oh, but no. I think I I just think that they're gonna stop the run. And if they do that, like the Raiders kind of did, I guess. I don't know if they really stopped the run. The, more or less that we just couldn't do anything. Um, I we might be in trouble. <laughs> I just I feel like I, you're I not factoring feeling. in the Nick Chubb factor though. Like Nick Chubb will be back for that game. Yeah. Like even I hope if he doesn't so. come back for the Texans game, he'll be back for that Eagles game. I hope so. So like I don't want them to lose. I just have a feeling that they are not gonna win. Joe's Joe's been taunting this or touting this game, I should say, for a couple weeks now that he really is nervous about this Eagles game. It's a trap game. Absolutely, it's a trap game. I can see I could see that where you know going into it with too much confidence. But yeah, I know Wait. Nick Chubb, I would say solid ninety-five percent chance he's back by the Eagles. And then Wyatt Teller should be back uh, too. So there's no reason oh, yeah. that, that my guy not be established. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, wait. So you think it's a trap game because they're looking forward to the Jags the next week? <laughs> like, like, why do you think it's a trap game, Joe? He's <laughs> uh, like, I didn't think I about that part. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't get to that part yet. Yeah. Uh, tune in next week for I, that, some more uh, poorly researched analysis. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I will say is this, though. Here's what I will say. Here's why that Raiders game was so big, right? Because you were you, you were really thinking you could go into the bye week at six and two, and then it gave you a little wiggle room. But at five and three, uh, and with the competitiveness of the AFC at this point, there are other teams that we didn't really know were going to be like the Dolphins are playing well. Like 
we've got other teams that are competing for playoff spots at five and three, and you still got games on the schedule against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Tennessee. Like these, these three games are enormous. These games, yeah. you got the two New York teams, and if you lose to one of those, you might as well just fold and shut down. But these three games against Houston, Philly, and Jacksonville, it almost feels like you have to get these games. The Texans scare the shit out of me. <laughs> if you want, if you want me to be honest, they scare the shit. Out. And and it's for one reason and one reason only, and that's Deshaun yeah. Watson. Uh, after after seeing our secondary and how Randall poorly Cobb. our linebacking situation is now, uh, yeah, it's just. I, I, I mean, I don't think the Texans are going to be able to stop our offense, but that's, I think that's just going to be a shootout strictly for the Deshaun Watson factor. Like that, that screams of a game to me, like kind of whoever has the ball ass is going to win type situation because I just, I don't think we're going to be able to stop Deshaun Watson in the, in the passing game. This defense is so bad. <laughs> I was kind of hoping, you know, they'd bring somebody in. <laughs> oh, oh, well, let's talk. I forgot, to, I forgot to even talk about that. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> So the trade deadline passes, and the Browns don't make any moves. Now, in fairness, and I think this is a fair point, there were only really three moves that got made at the trade deadline, and they were not like star players moving around. We're talking about a a defensive back that left the Chargers, and he was a pro bowler like three years ago. We're talking about a very oft-injured linebacker leaving San Francisco and going to New Orleans. Uh, so we're not talking about huge name players that got traded. Uh, so it was a very, very dull trade deadline. And I know Browns fans everywhere, including some of the faces that I'm looking at on this podcast, wanted them to make some moves. I just don't know if they were out there. I think there were so many assumptions because you see like uh, Quan Alexander get traded for like a fifth or a sixth round pick. And everybody in Cleveland was like, why didn't we do that? I had people saying that they should have traded a fifth-round pick for Stephon Gilmore. If you think for one second that Bill Belichick was giving up Stephon Gilmore for a fifth-round pick, you've never watched football before. I, just, I don't know if any trades were there to be made. That just, came, so go on. The trade I saw was the Desmond King trade. That's, that's where I was like, oh, well, we could – do something because he play he can play safety too. six round pick that's it's kind of a steal uh obviously he was gone and 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 Andrew Barry today said that they were in like doing their job as everyone should have assumed they were talking and they were looking into things but just nothing came to fruition he said they were within striking distance at some point so things just didn't work out uh, hopefully that's the case, and they were actually, you know, looking at that secondary, and that, obviously that's a big concern. So, am I surprised that they didn't make any moves? No, it was a very dull tra- trade deadline, and it's hard to make deals with, you know, all of the uncertainties right now. Uh, so, not super surprised, but a little disappointed because just to, even to get a fresh face in in there, uh, in the safety room, in the, the linebacker room, and just it, even if it wasn't a star, just somebody else to come in and you know, bring out some competitiveness because it's just so quiet uh, there. It's, it's insane. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking at these players. I'm like, are you even, do you care? I mean, are you out here to win? It's so Desmond, strange. You know, defensively, yeah, Des- uh, defensively, I think you're right. Like, that's a sad thing. Uh, Terrence Mitchell has been a bit disappointing. Uh, 
those those safeties, man, I have stood up as much as I can for Sandejo. I have. <laughs> Which that really not as like a fanboy for Sandejo, but I've I've just I think he's been put into some situations like no win situations. And he just happens to be the guy that makes the tackle at the end, so everybody's like, oh Sandejo. But like he's also been bad. Uh <laughs> I think Harrison's been good. I just need him to catch the ball when there's a ball thrown at him for an interception. I need him that's, to catch. That's why he's a DB, though. DBs aren't supposed to catch the ball. Come they on. they practice. <laughs> they work on the jugs machine. Catch the damn ball. Uh, I, know, I know. I just wanted to get a reaction. The thing, here's the thing that drives me nuts. So I feel like we've kind of every time. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's me. Maybe Cameron. Maybe you get way more interactions than I do for sure online. Maybe you hear more of this. But everybody I talk to always talks about the defensive backs and how bad, like the safeties, safety, 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 blowing them. Clearly the worst position on the field for the Browns has been at the linebacker. I mean, their linebacking core is the worst on the field. And they're making the, they're even making the defensive line look bad, right? Because especially in the run game, I'm watching that against Oakland. When a team is running the ball on you, the main thing for the defensive line to do is eat up those blockers and let your linebackers get to the running back, right? That is core football. And they don't do – like, defensive linemen are eating up blockers, and then linebackers are doing nothing. These guys – my man, Matt Wilson, has done nothing. Tucky, yeah, you're getting a lot of feedback from him, though. You are. You say you, – like, I, I do notice that. A lot of fans are not okay with Matt Wilson, and for good reason. He has been I, – I can't even say a bit. He's, I don't, where has he been? He's been – Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. Yeah. So now there's a lot of fans that are looking at that linebacker room. They're like, what's going on here? Um, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know how close, if, if he's close to return, looking at uh, Jacob Phillips. Well, but that's, that's hurt. You're right. So that, that's definitely hurt them. Um, he, I, I don't know. There's not been a lot of updates with what's going on with that, but <sighs> It's 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 tough because it's thin and it's unproductive. For what it's worth, have you guys seen his pro football focus grade? Mac Wilson. Yeah, it's real oh, bad. Twenty nine point one. Twenty nine point one. I don't know if I've seen anything that low. That's not, that's it's not out of thirty. It is not out of thirty. That is, <laughs> is not out of thirty. That, that, that's wrong. But the problem is he. You can't hide him because BJ Goodson right. is a. Uh, nose tackle in a linebacker's body and Taki Taki has been nowhere. And I think Malcolm Smith's been okay. He will, he'll like get, he plays pretty well in the passing game. He's nowhere to be found in the run game. That linebacking core is nowhere. And I was hoping for a little bit uh, of, of maybe an adjustment to that. But, you know, I also think, I think there's other things in play, right? With the trade deadline. I think the unknown situation in the salary cap, you know, it's going down. Uh, I, I think there's just a lot of other factors that came into play where teams were maybe a little more hesitant to give up on things. But, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of people look like you did there, Cameron, when we started talking about the trade deadline of like, oh, I really was hoping there was going to be something that came to fruition. There was. And it doesn't help that like fairly big name uh, people on Twitter, even though they have no connections to anything or like chucking rumors like, oh, the Browns are doing this. They rumored to do this and rumored to do this. No, they weren't. But it was no, everywhere. 
there's you got to have like two or three solid sources that you follow and those are the only rumors that you can listen to i i, I like and there's a lot there was a lot going on on twitter and it just you just yeah. gotta scroll you just gotta scroll past it listen as long <laughs> as they say as long as they say sources say i believe it I believe it. As long as the sources I don't, say, I don't believe any I believe rumors. It. Any, if it says <laughs> no, unless it, there's two people, there's two. I have my notifications turned on for them, or if I hear it myself and confirm it myself. Otherwise, yeah. I can't. I can't believe it. Is, is it the big two? <laughs> is it it's the big, the big two? two. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course. It is. <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course. All right. So we. I only have one for basketball, so it's. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and we know well, who that's that. the one basketball. That's the only yeah. one you need. So, dropping bombs. So we all had the Browns finishing. That was the fun part about the whole schedule game. We all had the Browns finish at 11 and five. Uh, we, we had them winning and losing different ways, but we all had them finish at 11 and five. So now we're looking at the Texans. We're looking at the Eagles, the Jaguars. We still got the Titans, the Steelers, the Ravens, and then the Jets and the Giants left. So those eight games, uh, Browns come in at five and three, which – three of us predicted they would be uh how are we feeling about 11 and five at this point good you're still I, feeling I'm good still feel, i'll feel good about it yeah there's okay. talk, cameron you're gonna need to sell me on that sell me <laughs> why you're feeling good on that feeling good not feeling great not feeling great about the texan team just because i feel like they're gonna play competitively and you know they're coming out of that that loss from the bye, but they should be refreshed and they're healthy. You got, you got some playmakers coming back in. Uh, so that should be a win. I'm, I'm going to chalk that up as a win with my fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Eagles, I just, I don't see it. I'm sorry. They're, that's a win. I just, that's, I, I cannot yeah. see the competitiveness there. Jaguars should be a win. Titans, that's going to be, uh, I feel like that's going to be a tough one. That could be one yeah. of the losses. The Ravens, I thought that I thought that they were going to win this one. I thought they were going to beat the Ravens in Cleveland. I do remember that because I was like, okay, they'll split. I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not feeling great. Not feeling great, but I am feeling better because I was I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe one of the next two losses is going to be the Ravens or the Steelers, uh, and now I feel like it might be might be both both <laughs> like they're <laughs> yeah. playing really well and i just i don't know but the the good news is that they're they're at first energy stadium so that that changes things a little bit uh and by mm -hmm. that point maybe the steelers don't care anymore so i think that they might <laughs> they might squeak that one out of the steelers uh, the steelers always care it's, they care about this rivalry more than more than cleveland seems to but the yeah. giants are a win has to has to be a win that's that's a the Jets are a must-win game. Has to be. So I think worst-case scenario, ten and six. But I still feel confident that the Browns will will get one over either the Ravens or the Steelers, and I and I think they probably lose that Titans game as much as I hate to say it. So yeah, I mean, realistically, you look. I mean, realistically, six out of those last these last eight games, the Browns have a great shot. At winning, you know, there's there's no one you look on that schedule and you go, oh, that's that's going to be outside of the Ravens and Steelers. I don't think there's anyone you look at that's just that's, that's like, oh, that's a definite loss. Like we're we're not going to be competitive in that game. You know, I, I, I mean, maybe the Titans, but for the most part, it's there's a realistic shot for the Browns to win six of the last eight. 
Uh, it's but but it's just that defense is just makes me so damn nervous. You know what I don't love? <laughs> it just does because they're not good enough. Because that defense is not good enough to survive a bad game by yeah. the offense. It's almost like the offense has to build, play well the rest of the year. Otherwise, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen then. Here's what I don't love. Uh, they're talking about how pissed off they are after that Oakland game. And I feel like that's when this Browns team does not play their best. Like, I feel like yeah. Baker is not pissed off quarterback guy. I feel like Baker plays his best quarterback when he's kind of just out there having fun. And when he's mm-hmm. not having fun, I think he kind of shells himself. I don't know. He, like, yeah. maybe there's like a chip on his shoulder factor that he has fun <laughs> with. But like when he's playing his best, he's got like the swagger on the sideline. He, you can tell like in the in the huddle when he's pissed, he seems rigid yeah. and like stiff. And I don't think he plays his best. So they're talking. All these people are like, "Oh, the Browns are pissed." They talked about it after the Raiders game. Oh, they're all pissed off. I'm like, nah, don't, don't, don't get over that over the bye week. Let's not be pissed off. Let's come yeah. out. Let's have a good time. When they're all laughing and playing, like Jarvis Landry and Higgins, they're all having a good time. That's when they play their best. I don't want them pissed off. I want them having fun. He's definitely not angry, LeBron. You know, oh, angry, yeah, angry no. LeBron goes for angry LeBron goes for forty, fifteen, and ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. I think but so that's see, not Baker. I think you see fun Baker though. If they can, if they can get that win over the Texans, it's gonna, it's going to be a competitive game. I think. So I feel like if it comes, if it's a shootout and Baker Mayfield looks good and they and they win that, I think. You know, you got that momentum. That's when he's, that's when he's good. Like that's when you get, you're gonna get that swagger, yeah. the chip on the shoulder of like, yeah, that's right. We went into the bye week pissed, and here we are, and we're we're back. But yeah, if you put too much, too much on him, I mean, if you lose to the Raiders, go into your bye week, lose to the Texans, and you're you go into the bye week pissed, and then you come out of it even more pissed. It's not and great. It's, it's not great. It's not. No, it's not great. But that, I think that game has a lot of potential. If, I think that if it was anyone else, if it, you know, if they were playing the Jets there or the Giants and it was an, an easier time, a less competitive matchup. I think that you wouldn't get that same swagger. Yeah. I think that Baker needs that, that, that. You said the chip. So make it tough on him, but still find a way to win. I think that's really important. That's what he's going to need. Guys, sidebar, sidebar. I'm, uh, you know, still Browns related, but I'm watching Central Michigan and OU and they just – had a shot of uh, Charlie Fry oh boy. on the TV. If he, appar- apparently, he's the offensive coordinator for uh, Central Michigan. What a stash he grew! <laughs> on <himself. laughs> like it's not like, and he's a, and he's a redhead too. So it's just it's it's even creepier. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, anyway, that's, that's what we like here. We Go like ahead. we like our quarterbacks with uh, creep stashes, and Baker can fulfill that. So it's yeah. fine. Uh, uh, all right, so so Cameron feels like ten and six is kind of the worst case scenario for the Browns. Which, well, worst case scenario is a big one. That's, I kind of phrased that wrong. There is a lot more worst case okay. scenario. I was going to say your lips to God. <laughs> oh no! Like, it, it is written in stone, Miss Justin. It is written in stone. Yeah. We're going ten and six at worst. Oh, they could be much worse, but I just—that's my realistic. If it's not if my prediction before was, you know, it was eleven and five. So I think that. Now looking, re-looking at it, re-examining it, being realistic. 11 and 5 would be great. 10 and 6 kind of feels more like what it's going to end up. I kind of feel like 10 and 6 too. I think I would revise my my prediction from 11 and 5 to 10 and 6. But here's what I will say. Here's what would make me feel great as a Browns fan. 
you got to get one of those wins against the Steelers to the Ravens. Get one of those wins. And even if you do lose a game to the Eagles, like Joey maybe predicts, which I really don't think is going to happen. But even if that happens. Heard it here first. Mike. The trap game, Mike. Even if you drop one of those other games, if you get a win against the Steelers or the Ravens, it'll make me feel really good. Because at 10-6 and with an expanded playoff, you're going to make the playoffs. At 10-6, and you will be in. I'll feel real good about things if they are 10-6 and with a win over the Steelers and the Ravens. If you get blown out, if you get your doors blown off you by the Steelers and the Ravens again, it's going to feel like, cool, everything's great, except for we're not really even competitive at all. And and they got to change that. they got to stop getting blown out in those games. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I agree with Cameron there. I mean, I, they do always play the Ravens and Steelers tougher at home. So, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I think my worst case scenario is nine and seven, guys. Nine and seven. Uh, this is very Cleveland, just, by the way. This is very Cleveland of us for our team to be five and three at the bye weekend. We're all sitting here on a podcast talking about our worst case scenarios. <laughs> okay, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it, it's. I think it's a mix of old and new because it's like worst case scenario. We still have a winning record. You know, worst case scenario, it's like oh god, here we go, six and ten again, <laughs> or seven even, and nine. Don't you even. <laughs> But, you know, nine and seven, I think, because, again, it's the easy schedule, but it's also mixed with, I don't know, I don't know if that Raiders game just spooked me. It's like, okay, are you going to go lay an egg uh, again in another one of these winnable games, but you're going to win the rest? Like, I don't know. That defense is just not – and I I don't know. It's not not good enough for me to really think they can go on a run – but it, it, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> the, the offense, the offense. I, I can't wait to see Nick Chubb back. I, I guess that's going to be the telltale sign when they can when they can just have that thunder and lightning combo in the running game again, and, and maybe get those receivers open. But it's an easy schedule. Uh, yeah, nine and seven. Nine, nine and seven is my worst case. Joe, scenario. you still feeling eleven and five? Um, kinda. Yeah. Wow. Um. My my losses are bringing me back to life here. My my losses are for sure the Steelers in Week 17, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) for sure, for sure the Eagles. Uh, Oh my god, those are my two losses. I think there's going to be potentially one other loss to the Titans or Ravens. I kind of think the Ravens game is going to be much more competitive. Like if I'm going to pick between the Ravens and the Steelers of us winning a game, I would put all my money on the Ravens. And wow. If if not, you know, a win, I think we're at least going to cover that game. Like, I think it's going to be much closer. Um, uh, but I think we can beat the Titans if our we have a healthy defensive line uh, yeah. for that game. Um, if we have Nick Chubb back, I think we beat the Jaguars. Um, and really kind of everything else. I, the Texans don't scare me as much as um, uh, you guys. Uh, I think that we can be pretty competitive with them. We have Brown's um, PTSD, sir. So all I know, scare me I know, but you're also facing Romeo Cornell, which I don't want to like underestimate that, but I feel like we might be able to pull something off. Yeah. There. I don't know. We'll see. Right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we're going to five. We're trying to be realistic after that loss to the Raiders. It was a crappy loss, but listen, here's the other thing. Good teams have shitty losses. It happens to all good teams. 
We have watched the Browns beat the Patriots. We have watched, uh, we've watched a bunch of good teams lose to the Browns. And now it's our team, our turn to be a pretty good team and maybe have a bad loss here or there. It happens, but we're all feeling pretty good. Still feeling that, I don't know, Joey's still feeling that 11 and five, but uh, Cameron, Chad, me, maybe 10 and six, maybe nine and seven, hopefully that 10 and six. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. It's a boring week. Uh, we, we've got to watch other football teams and act like we care. Uh, if you're a fantasy football player, I guess this week will be fun, but uh, no Browns this week. Back at it next week against the Texans. So uh, Cameron, hey, uh, we just want to say thank you again for joining us, checking in at the midway point of the season. Uh, hopefully uh, all, of our, all of our wishes for the Browns come true and they, they don't tank it on the back half. But uh, listen, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, anytime. I'm here for it. This was a, this was a great time. Finish my drink just in time for the end. Of All the- right. <laughs> try right. to get you guys time that perfectly. Try to get some sleep. That's uh, not gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna be awake and I'm gonna be a mess when the Browns finally come out of this bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's the Browns that's causing you a mess right now because I got other things that I'm worried about. But uh, hey, listen, uh, Miss Justice, Miss Justice, in the back, you're just you're just sleeping in a Browns press conference. Just, oh, what? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Unmute, unmute your mic. I, I oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I have Hi, Baker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks again, Cameron, for joining us. We'll talk to you again. Appreciate it, and uh, go Browns. Absolutely, go Browns. And once again, thank you to our second special guest of the podcast, Cameron Justice. You can find her on Twitter at Cami Justice. Uh, from uh, Channel 5 here in Cleveland. And she does so much good reporting for not only the Browns, but really everybody, all the teams in Cleveland and, and everything she does for Channel 5. It's been, uh, uh, it's been good in getting to know her her second time on the podcast. She's our first repeat, our first repeat guest on the podcast. So uh, we appreciate her coming on, giving us a little insight into the Browns. And honestly, she kind of made me feel better about where the season's going. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. She made me feel a little better. So we've got next week, we've got our second recurring special guest uh, as the Browns are going to play the Texans that following weekend. Uh, And we've had a guest that's done some work for the Texans. Cecil Shorts is going to join us again on the podcast next week. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about that Browns Texans matchup and, uh, and how he's viewing that coming into this one. Uh, and he'll give us a little perspective as somebody who really follows, follows along with that Houston team, uh, gives us a little perspective as to how the Browns Texans matchup is going to go. So I don't know about uh, Chad. I'm, I'm excited to have Cecil back on. Oh God. Yeah. He was, you know, he was a, one of our earlier interviews, you know, when we were just getting started with this, and, uh, you, you know, I, I'm excited to, you know, get an update on him, not only about the, uh, you know, Browns Texans, but on his life. If, you know, if, if everyone doesn't know, he has seven kids. Uh, They're all four growing. Of them, he, w- he was expected, he was expected only to have one more, but he ended up having three more <laughs> triplets. And now he has seven. I'm excited to get an update just, just on him. He, he was a great guy, funny guy, had a great time with him. I'm, I'm super excited. So Cecil Shorts next week. Uh, Brown's on the bye week this weekend. So just enjoy a little stress-free weekend. Get out. You don't have plans on Sunday or watch the NFL. Pay attention to your fantasy teams, whatever you got going on there. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us. You guys have anything else before we get out of here? Brown's aren't going to lose this week. They're not going to lose this week. 
<laughs> screw the guys who stole the candy off my porch. Sorry. What? It was the first time I ever had trick or treaters. Two assholes came up and stole the bucket of uh, candy we had on the porch, like at eight o'clock. And like we were definitely kind of banking on those treats for like later in the night to just like snack on. Uh, but no. So I'm just I had some candy stolen from me this week. And I'm not happy about it. What That's it. You guys. What kind of candy are laying out there? Oh well, you know it was actually pretty great. We went to Costco and we got a variety pack. Uh, not traditional candy, but full bags of like fudge stripes, uh, uh, chocolate chip Keebler, chocolate chip cookies, Cheez-Its. Um, oh. uh, there's a fourth one I can't remember right now. No, I will but, give a uh, shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to my neighbors. They did something similar to that, Joe. My neighbors across the street went to Aldi and they bought like, it was like $1 for like a bag of cookies, like a whole pack of cookies. And they're like, Nice. They're like the uh, tagalongs, the Girl Scout cookies. They're like the peanut butter and yeah. the chocolate cookie. One dollar for a, like an Oreo size pack of them. Wow. And they were just handing those. Those you could either pick those or a can of Pringles. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm like, damn. Oh, I'm gonna go to your neighborhood That's next year. That's pretty good. I oh, God. I'll. I oh, am. I'll. Uh, I'll take the nephew around next year and uh, trick or treat in your neighborhood. He, he, you would love that. Chad, what were, did you get a lot of trick-or-treaters over there? Not a ton. No, no. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the, wife, the wife was giving uh, candy away with tongs just to say socially <laughs> distant. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Is we had the, the bowl out on the table and we had a ring, right? So we could know when people would come up to the door. Um, yeah. But the kids knew what the ring did. And so they would take the candy. They would look right into the camera and wave and be like, thank you. Happy Halloween. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> there was my one neighbor uh, uh, to this side of me. His name's Alan. It was great. He he built like a mini catapult just so people could stay socially oh, that's distant. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like he put a he put a piece of candy in there every every trick or treat that came up. He's like, stand back, stand back. He's like, ready, pull, and he like pulled it and it just flung at him. Like, kid, like <laughs> the little kid, the little kids didn't know what to do with it. Like one hit him in the head. Like he would just constantly hit him in the head with the candy. Like it was it was funny. That's yeah, incredible. we didn't have. I was surprised. Not I didn't think we were gonna have like the normal amount of trick or treaters, but we had like my wife set out. She did this thing with like. Uh, uh, like clotheslines and like clothespins and set bags of candy out. It was really kind of cute, actually. Uh, and she sent out like 30 little baggies of candy. And I was like, babe, you're going to need significantly more than that. So she did all the work to put more than that together. And then maybe we gave away like 12 of the 30 little baggies of candy. Like yeah. it was yeah. dead, which was great for me because I've got a significant amount of candy in my house. Just like Joey Custom. <laughs> uh, I've already eliminated the nerds, which is a, a problem for me because I'm a nerds addict. Yeah. Uh, and those are gone. But uh, between myself and my kid, Patrick, we're just banging through that bowl of candy. Like, you know, like a couple a couple addicts, a couple can- sugar addicts. Uh, and my <laughs> wife hates it. How much did you bring to Columbus with you? Uh, you know what? Uh, none, to be honest. No. Which is, oh. a, now I'm mad about that. Now I'm mad about that. <laughs> You're in Columbus without my Halloween candy. 
All right, so I think that's going to do it for us. We had Halloween. We had the trade deadline in the NFL, the Browns, the the Buckeyes. We had a great time. Special thank you to our our guests on the podcast this week, Anthony Schlegel and Cameron Justice. Go check them out online. Uh, But for Joey down there in Nashville, Tennessee, for Chad over on the east side, I am Michael Keefe. Go follow the page on social media at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram and at The Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook as well. For those of us, or for all of us here at The Garage Beers Podcast, we say cheers to you, and we'll see you again next week. for 2022 is out with the old in with the bold and if you're ready to revamp your career your relationships or your money this year check out modern life it's a new podcast and newsletter from fidelity investments with fresh perspectives from people defining success on their own terms and tips to help you do the same search modern life wherever you find your podcast to follow and subscribe keep in mind that investing involves risk the value of your investment will fluctuate over time and you may gain or lose money fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc 900 salem street smithfield rhode island 02917 Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.